On the last two broadcasts, we talked about prayer. We said, first of all, that one of the reasons why people do not have what they need and do not get what they want is because they pray and leave it at that. The scriptures teach that we must practice what we pray, not just practice what we preach, but practice what we pray. That means that when we ask God for something, that we also search the scriptures earnestly to find out what the scriptures have told us to do in order to receive that thing. And there's no contradiction between these two. Because, as we said earlier, if you pray for your daily bread, then you go out and you earn it because the scriptures teach that if you do not work, you should not eat. And it is not a contradiction to say that I must work for what I pray, that I must practice what I pray, because it is only when God, in answer to our prayers, gives us the strength and the health and the opportunity and the wisdom to go to work and to do the job and to earn the money that we have that opportunity to work for our daily bread. So there's no contradiction. There's nothing but a complete consistency at that point. Many people like to take it the easy way. They look on prayer as some kind of a talisman. They look on prayer as some kind of a magical rabbit's foot, which if I rub the right way, I can get what I want anytime, anywhere without having to do anything about it. Now, prayer can be answered immediately and directly without any effort on our part. And in extraordinary situations, God may do that. But we don't look for the extraordinary. We look for the ordinary day by day in our bread and butter activities with God. And so whenever we pray, we must look also for what we must obey. Pray and obey. Practice what you pray. Then in the last broadcast, we talked about James 4, where James says that we have not because we do not ask for things. And that means not only that sometimes we don't pray, but sometimes we pray in the wrong way. As when that Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, that was not really a prayer. He was telling God how good he was and how great he was. He was not really asking God humbly for the things that he needed, coming as a creature to a creator, coming as one who had been redeemed to his redeemer. He knew nothing about all of that, and so he came in a very self-righteous manner to God. That's not asking God. That's not coming as a child who is dependent upon his heavenly Father. Prayer is a humble business. It's getting down on our knees before God literally or figuratively and asking him for something that we know that only he can give to us and that we ourselves cannot have in and of ourselves. Prayer means humbling ourselves before God. And that's one reason why a lot of people won't receive what they want because they do not want to be humbled. They would rather exalt themselves. They would rather be on some kind of very familiar terms with God. Now, we also said in that regard that we can be on familiar terms with God on the right basis, through Christ. That is the way that we humbly come to God, acknowledging that through him we can even be bold in our prayers and come boldly before the throne of grace to find help and mercy in time of need. But that boldness does not come out of our own self-righteousness. It comes strictly out of that redemption which we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we praise and we honor him in all of our prayers, and we do it, we ask for what we ask, that he may be honored by the outcome of that prayer. Now today, 
We want to go on in James 4. After that second verse, James continues by saying, you ask, all right, so a person does come and he does pray. But now here's how he may pray long, wrongly. You ask and you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives. What wrong motives, James? Well, here he goes on to tell us in the last part of verse 3 that you may spend it on your pleasures. Now, you see, God is not opposed to us having pleasure. Indeed, in the Psalms, he tells us, at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. And he wants his children to have pleasures. He wants to give to us joys and happiness and peace. Indeed, the kingdom of God is just that, love and joy and peace and righteousness in Christ. So God is not opposed to us having pleasure. But the interesting thing here is, is that we ask for the wrong reason, for the wrong, with the wrong motive in mind. James says. And what does that mean? Well, it means this. It means that we're praying only or primarily or first of all to get something we want because we want it when we want it. And that is exactly the opposite of praying in Christ's name or praying, as the scriptures say, nevertheless, not my will be done, but yours in that spirit. That was the spirit in which Jesus Christ himself prayed. When in that garden, you remember, he struggled in prayer over the awful agony that was about to come on the cross, where Jesus was going to face both physical and uh, uh, verbal abuse, and where he was going to be counted as though he were the dung of the earth, as if he were the most horrible person who had ever lived. On him was going to be poured out all of the sins and all of the iniquities of all of his people of all time. And he was going to be one awful refuge dump. And upon that terrible, awful, filthy, off-scouring of sin that was heaped upon him, God would send his terrible wrath and separate him from himself. And Jesus in agony prayed about this matter as he looked forward to it. But his prayer was, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done as he prayed to the Father. And if Jesus prays that way, praying that God's will may be done, then we too must pray in that same spirit. And the person who prays with the wrong motives, wanting his own will to be done, that he may get what he wants, that he may be satisfied, and that his pleasures may be, be uh, uppermost in this prayer, that person asks wrongly, and God does not give him the desire of his heart. He gets the desire of his heart when his deepest desire and greatest desire is not his own will but God's. When he comes to God and says, Lord, I would like to have this thing, but you know best. Lord, I put it into your hands. These are my plans. These are the things that I think would be best. These are the pleasures I'd like to have, but nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. When a man comes that way, not seeking to consume whatever he may have on his own desires, not thinking of others, not thinking of God, not making the two great commandments, the two great motives in his life always, to love God with all of his heart, mind, body, soul, and strength, and to love his neighbor as himself, but making himself everything, focusing upon self and his own pleasures rather than upon God and his neighbor. When a man comes in that spirit, James says he will not receive from the Lord what he wishes to receive. A man must come fundamentally 
in the spirit of humility, seeking what he wants, but seeking even more deeply what God wants. And of course, if we were smart, if we were not the fools that we are because of sin, we would recognize that what God wants is what is best for us always when we are his children. So come in that spirit today, whatever your problem is, whatever that hardship difficulty is, whatever that thing you yearn and long for is, stop praying that you may have it or you may get rid of that thing. Pray not only that prayer, but more basically, Lord, nevertheless, I want what you want in my life. Then God will give you what is best for you, whether it be the desire of your heart or whether he will change the desire of your heart to conform to his will. Lord, that's our prayer in Christ's name. Amen.